Hey, damn guys. Welcome to Book Club Member Comics. My name is John Salinas, and I'm here with... Are we Lois? And I'm Wes Matthijs. Hey, it's Wes. Hey, everybody. What's How's up? Going? How's it going, Wes? Going good. Yeah. yeah. You are back on the show, rocking it. Ready to talk some Baltimore. Ready to talk some Baltimore. This is our book club podcast. We're reading comics. We're talking to our friends. And now Wes is going to tell you all about it. Go ahead, Wes. Oh, dang. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is where we... I, I wish I could do like the, uh, the voice acting like Mark does. This is where we talk about a book. We say, hey, we're going to read this book. And we tell you to read it. And what are you going to do? You got to read it because that's what you got to do. So you read the book and then you read tune it. back in and we talk about the book and read through it. And we come up with some ideas and we discuss it. And then you send, hey, you damn guys. That's also known as an email or maybe it's a DM or a post on an Instagram or Twitter or any of the other social medias platforms. And then we comment on your comments, and then through this process, we become friends and keep on reading, keep on doing friendly stuff. <laughs> yes, yeah, awesome. That's great. <laughs> I love doing friendly stuff, Wes. That's the best stuff. Yeah, only friendly stuff. Only friendly stuff. <laughs> Unless Excellent. it's Nazis or vampires. <laughs> yeah, we've got some vampires on this episode. That's one of the next things I was going to say is that... You know, I was wondering about this, you know, the last two weeks we've been covering Salt Magic, which is a, a YA, you know, under 20s, it's it's safe for kids. And then this week we are doing like a horror comic that is very graphic and it has a lot of horror elements that are not safe for kids. So I just want to point that out before we go any further. But if you did love our Salt Magic episodes, you definitely want to tune in next week, but we'll come back around to that later. But this episode is not for kids. So I just want to like kind of throw that out there. We talk about a lot of different comics on this show, and you can go back and check our back catalog. We've talked about some superhero stuff, but like this is our horror series that we're covering every month. So anyway, I just wanted to throw that disclaimer out there if you've got some kiddos listening right now or if they were enjoying after the Salt Magic episodes. But I love the young adult books. I didn't know that there was like a stigma against it. I've always thought young adult stuff is awesome. I read some of it, but I haven't read all of it. But I mean, I don't really get all the hate for it because yeah. it's just like, it's just fun stories, you know? It's not really like a stigma, but I don't really, I guess I don't see it in the mainstream the way you see the regular comics, yeah. you know what I yeah. mean? And all that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, like I said, I would have never heard of this, the Salt Magic, had you guys not brought it up. Well, um, I, I talked about this before, and we should definitely come back and cover it on the show later. That would be another great, um, you know, young adult series. We should have a young adult series throughout this show. You know what I mean? Where yeah. we're talking about books that are safe for kids. There's one called Superman Smashes the Clan. It's yeah. really good. It's like an old one. That was a They made it a radio show, too, I think. Yeah, they did. Well, and it's based on um, some stuff that in that kind of ha- in a weird way. Superman did smash the clan in real life. Yeah, um, but that's a whole other story. But anyway, this is a graphic novel by Gene Lewin Yang. And uh, I love this book. That's definitely one that I want to come back and talk about uh, some other time on the show. I mean, you got my wheel spinning. I definitely would love to suggest some. Oh, yeah. Books. Oh, definitely. Let's do it. Yeah, that would be fun. You're always on here to talk about evil stuff, Wes. I know. I don't want to be that guy all the time. <laughs> I, do, I do love horror comics, but but I do love the other stuff, too. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Don't pigeonhole me. What the heck? Yeah. <laughs> all right. We got some shouts outs for this week. Shouts outs. We got a continual shout out. I don't know how many weeks in a row we're going to keep shouting out Matt Strackbine, the letter hack. Letter hack, Matt Strackbine. Book club member. Yeah. I have a shirt. Yeah. 
Oh, I'm going to take oh, a selfie right now. You got the shirt. Oh, my God. Okay. We got this live on the air. I should have been wearing my shirt. We could all be wearing our shirts together. I'm, um, I'm going to take a selfie right now live. Oh, right. awesome. Awesome. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Anyway, uh, the banner that he did for our show went up. Oh, so We good. talked about it a little bit last week with Mark, but everyone's been able to see it. Matt shared it on social media, and he wrote something really nice about me. I wanted to... Matt said, uh, there's a bit more to this story. John Salinas is one of the kindest, most selfless people I know. All he does is platform comics, their creators, and the fans. He builds community and asks for nothing in return. So I had to go big for the guy since he's easily done tenfold for me. Oh, well, thank you, Matt. I really appreciate that. You know, but, but for me, this is all about the friendship. It's all about just having fun, reading comics, and hanging with our friends. You know, when we, I, I like to tell the story, and I think I've told it before, but I'll tell it again really quick. When we first started the Hellboy podcast, the Hellboy book club, um, I had a lot of apprehension about it. I bought all the equipment, we put everything together, and then I was like, yeah. oh, I don't know about this. This is going to be, no one's going to listen to us. And it was Aubrey who was like, you said, I don't care if anybody listens, this is going to be fun yeah and it's like let's have fun and like i was like yeah let's just have fun with it you know what i mean and that just kind of became when you go into it with that kind of perspective and that kind of mindset you really kind of free yourself up a little bit from all that nonsense or yeah. whatever pressure and so anyway it is just fun it's it's fun it's it's the best thing that i get to do um so thank you so much matt um thank you for the awesome artwork i can't stop looking at it and uh it's been really great yeah so i, I appreciate that comment man thank you so much yeah it was really cool and like i like i know when you posted it or matt posted it, there were like a lot of fun comments on there and, and everybody just seems to really appreciate it and yeah matt, and matt you did an amazing job on that it was really good yeah good stuff so make sure to follow matt um subscribe to his youtube channel check him out when he's posting live i think he's doing like every monday right he has a schedule one every Monday at 9.30 Eastern Standard Time, and then randomly he just does them other days. Of the yeah, week. yeah. <laughs> so follow him on Twitter at The Letter Hack or Instagram at Friends of Strackmind. He's got his shirts. He's got the limited edition Mark Brooks shirt. All the don't, uh, proceeds from that go to charity. He's um, even got a pride shirt going out for this month right yes, now. Yes, he's got his pride shirts going out. Um, he's got his Letter Hack shirt and uh, all that good stuff. So check him out. You can check the links on our show notes. All right, and now we're going to go on to our listener feedback. Listener feedback. <laughs> you read a story. We talk about it. You hate them guys us. And it's a book club. Get out, trade some floppy. We heard from Get Benny Decker. Benny Decker. Book club member. Yes. Benny said, Aubrey is 100% correct on his assessment of some modern Transformer comics. Hell yes. Several of the writers <laughs> and artists grew up with the franchise and their love for it comes through in the work. The original Transformers comics are a different story, though. <laughs> they really <Yeah>. are. <laughs> oh, I saw that picture he posted. It was the one with Rat Bat versus Buster w Wiki. <laughs> it's wet. It's wild. It's the car wash of doom. <laughs> I'll post that in our stories. Um, anyway, thank you, Benjamin. He also posted some awesome artwork because we were talking about Megatron Origins. Yes. So he also posted, he has the uh, the incentive cover, the like sketch cover. I also have that cover too, by the way. Okay. Um, but his is signed by the artist Alex Milne. I might not be saying that correctly. M-I-L-N-E. He said, I met him at a Transformers convention. I also have a commission and an original page from him. I was wow. like, let me see those, dude. So he went ahead and posted those as well. I retweeted them on our Twitter. 
You can check those out. Some awesome commissions of Swerve. Um, he's got some pages from the comics. Really cool. Really cool stuff. Some other artists as well. Um, he's got Swerve drawn by a bunch of different guys. I wonder if that's, that's his, so awesome. If that's his favorite character, or maybe that's like the main character in like this uh, this comic that he likes. I don't know. That's pretty awesome. I mean, I would actually love to do a Transformers episode, to be honest with you. Yeah, Transformers episode would be a lot of fun. I really like that. I just found this YouTube channel that just like it's called The Basics on Transformers, and I've been watching it for like the last two weeks <laughs> <laughs> wow okay excellent thank you for the listener feedback we'll uh we got some feedback on salt magic but i'm going to save that for next week and now we're going to go on to our book club episode for the week and this week we are continuing our discussion we're going to the outer verse now wes is taking us why are you taking us here wes do something nice for once <laughs> <laughs> You're taking us on the infernal train. Yes, on the, the infernal. infernal well, that actually that sounds kind of fun, actually. <laughs> yeah. on the infernal Yay! Train. Oh no! <laughs> no, it's gonna be awesome. I promise. This week we're continuing our discussion with the Baltimore comic series as part of a larger Outerverse set of titles. We're reading from yes. the Omnibus version. I'm actually reading from the Omnibus version. Normally, I read from the digital version. The next run we are reading is a three-part series or a three-comic series called The Infernal Train, as you said, John. Um, these issues were published in September 2013. Issue two came out October, and then issue three came out in November. So we got these every month, which was nice. Nice. Nice Halloween timeline, I guess, that this fell on. That's cool. Yeah, totally. Written by Mike Mignola and Christopher Golden. Art by Ben Stenbeck. Colors by Dave Stewart. And letters by Clem Robbins. Covers were by Ben Stenbeck. Yeah, this cover is... Uh, well, I'm looking at the, the, the sepia tone one right now. No, I'm going to pull it up. But John's about to pull up the other one. But uh, this cover is pretty badass. Yeah, these these ones look way better in the color. The sepia tones do not do these yeah. justice at all. So yeah, we open with Baltimore on a ferry approaching a city in Hungary. He's been on his hunt for Hagus for about two years. But now he's diverted because he got a letter from Simon Hodge telling him that Lord Duvik is chasing him down. So Hodge set up a meeting with Lord Duvik to be in Budapest and told Baltimore that he should meet him there and take him out just to get him off his tail. Baltimore overhears a little banter from a group of people on their way to Budapest. They say that it's a sanctuary away from the plague. There's a wall going up around the city and that they only let in certain people through the gates. You have to go through a whole screening process. Um, right. It's October 1917. It's my birthday, October 19th. Oh, happy oh, birthday, really? Wes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I was like, when I was reading that and like, oh, they're putting up a wall, I was like, that's never a good sign. That's never a good <laughs> sign. Um, these uh these horizon shots the colors by dave stewart are really oh, striking man i love I this know, the colors are crazy like the fairy pulls in and all that it's really cool Good and stuff. uh the artwork by stinbeck is just you know it's always great but it just seems to be getting better and better like all the time I, yeah. yeah yeah i mean he's doing so much work at this point in, in his career like i don't know he's like really honing in his craft but yeah, I mean, like Christopher Golden and Mike Mignola, like maybe predicted a few things with the plague and the wall being built and all that stuff. Maybe right. I know. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> As the ferry docks, Baltimore thinks about Duvik hunting him. How Duvik thinks Baltimore's soul is stained, and perhaps he's right. Baltimore thinks, but unlike Hagus, I will return and face my hunter. I will show him that I fear neither man, no nor monster, servant of God, nor minion of the devil. 
I cannot die. The creator holds fast the skeins of my fate like a puppet's strings, and he will not let me fall until the final act, until the last drop of blood is shed. The bastard. The bastard. I love that. Yeah. It's a great bit of writing. Mm-hmm. I love the shot of the marketplace, too. Talk about all the little details that Stenbeck is putting in there. I like um, that little dog. I like this <laughs> guy with his backpack, and he's got like a candle candelabra or whatever that thing is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. I wonder if like he's selling that or something. Maybe like, yeah. He probably just t- like took, it's probably silver, so he probably took stuff that he could carry. Right. Okay. Yeah. These signs of, I think this one, this one with the G-Y-O that says like cure or something like that cures and then the and then if you look on this little flyer you can actually make out what it says on there and it says like get it what does it say get it yeah i don't know what that means but anyway maybe it's like a sign it's like you know like we have some like information or attention or something like that right okay because you know all the other stuff is it looks like a sign as you're like uh you're walking into the, uh, the right. quarantine zone. And Maybe stuff I didn't like that. translate. But it's, yeah, like pull out your passports, get out your passports, and you're oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe that's what information it is. and all the whatever you got to pay to get in here and yeah. You know, but get I mean, your information it, it, ready. I mean, that might be a direct translation of the word, but it might be the same way we would use like a word that says like information or attention, yeah, or yeah, something like that. Good point. Well, we see uh, Baltimore enters through the wall, enters into Budapest. Um, he has to go through a screening process, and then he has to see uh, a doctor for release. And then bro- uh, the brothers come and cleanse him, looks like monks or something like that, pur- to purify his soul before he can be led into the city. He responds to them, as best you can, brothers, as best you can. Baltimore tells the priest <laughs> as he approaches. <laughs> as he approaches, Baltimore mentions Duvik to the brothers and tells the priests to let Duvik know that he's staying at a hotel, the Hotel Hunyadi. I love how they're just yeah. like putting all this stuff on him. He's just like, whatever. He's like, well, <laughs> yeah. do, do your thing, dude. Yeah. Tell him that I await the pleasure of his company, he says. <laughs> I love this whole interaction. He's like, fuck, I got to go take off time from hunting Hagus. That's all I want to do is hunt some Hagus. Oh, yeah. And he's like, fuck. <laughs> he's like, all right, my, my name's Baltimore. I'm, none, I'm here. It's none of your business. Fucking, but I'm not going to do any harm to you guys. So, yeah. And they're like, yeah. all right. And then he goes and gets cleansed. And he's all like, tell Duvik, that son of a bitch, where I'm at. <laughs> Can we speed this up? Hunches over as like a soldier on a mission to just get get cleansed and get get it done. Yeah. Yeah. I also like his interaction with the guy. He's like, what's your business? He's like, my business is none of your business. You know, yeah. I'll be in and out of this town. Just get, let's just get this job done. I'm not here to hang out. I, yeah. I seek no charity. I'll be gone in two days. All right. Bye. <laughs> yeah and they're like all right i guess you know they're like all right go see the go see the doctor make sure you have no plague bumps i guess on you um so then we go into this next page and and he's walking through town on his way to the hotel presumably we see like a hospital or something w- with some nuns carrying dead bodies in there right um yeah. and then he stumbles upon like a parade hurry i want to dance people playing musical instruments wearing face masks of you know, I don't know, goblins or something like that. We have the red, it looks like the red king and some right. sort of sun so, god up yeah. on stilts and it stuff like, like that. Red king. Yeah. And these like the um the crown with the skull and the cross below it. I mean, we saw something similar to that, but we're we'll see those symbols more. Okay. But yeah. it is like I don't know. I, I mean we hear a little bit about this in this story as well, so I'll jump in, I'll say it, but we we learn in this story that they're trying to bring back the old gods. There's there's a group of vampires that are doing it one oh, way, yeah, and Hades yeah. is doing it his <clears throat> way. 
you know, yeah. and Haggis put on his play, right? And he did all this stuff, you know, oh. and I, I very much think that this is Haggis's way of trying oh, to bring like back that. the old gods. He's doing it a different way. Yeah. Yep. They're trying to force it into happening. He's like, no, you got to get the, Haggis is like, you got to get the humans to be yeah. part yeah. of this. And, Believe, and, yeah, and, yeah. Let them bring yeah. the sacrifices. We don't need to be doing all the work. Let them do the work. Yeah. You know, um, let them celebrate it. That's what I think, but. I was like, this this does look like a happening party, though. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. Um, it looks fun. But I, no, it's like Mardi Gras. But I, I did mm-hmm. notice there's a there's an interesting juxtaposition, and we're going to see it again on another page. But on one side of the street, they're pulling out dead bodies, and then on yeah. the other side of the street, they're freaking partying, and everyone's like having fun. You know what I mean? So it's like two very different things are happening in the same little area in this I think small, there's a you know. there's a naked dude and a naked chick in the background, I think. Oh yeah, there is. They're like, hey there's a guy just like on the window ledge with a bottle. He's like, what's up? <laughs> Before he falls down and breaks his head open or something. But yeah, there is that juxtaposition where they have like death on one side and very much life on the other side. Yeah. There's some dude groping the girl here. <laughs> oh really? Oh, you're oh right. yeah, right there. Yeah, he's even looking like he's looking at what he's doing. <laughs> Damn. So then we, we move on. Um, Baltimore moves on past the party, and we get a chugga chugga chug as a train comes in into the city. I like this scene where where Baltimore is like looking back and sort of wind blows. I don't know if you remember. Did you read the? Um, Oh man, something wicked this way come by Ray Bradbury. You read that? No, like, I haven't. Like the circus comes to town, and there's like a wind that comes in, and the father like turns, and it's book. Like you like think about it in your, but this like image sort of reminded me of the father like seeing the circus come, or like just the storm that comes to town. And sees right, the right. I have to read. I read it in like middle school. Nice. That's, like that was the first thing that popped into the front line and it's Shakespeare and, and it's a line that's been in the Mignola verse before, but. Oh yeah. We just talked about it. It was in salt magic as well. Oh yeah. 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 That's right. You guys did. And he says something familiar about the engine on that train. I may need a closer look. Not until Duvik is dealt with. I love how he's checking in. And then this one lady, she's got like a mink or whatever. And she's like, Oh dear. Like you see her oh, like, right. She's yeah. looking at Baltimore. Like who, why, why does that dude have so many weapons on him? <laughs> this is unsettling. <laughs> Yep, because it's like a very fancy hotel. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's like it's it, there's a juxtaposition there too because you've got this fancy like extravagant. These are all the you know it, I got to imagine that only rich people can afford to go there. You know what I mean to be oh, on this yeah. boat and stuff like that, and to get to this sanctuary away from the plague. And so then here comes Baltimore in with all his weapons and all scratched up, and you know what I mean his his scowling face and whatnot. But he is. A yeah, I mean, lord, he's a lord. He oh, you're right. That's yeah. what. Well, that's why he's got money. Yeah. Um, but it's also a difference because, like, most of the time we ever see Baltimore, he's in like some kind of like one room fucking shack or hotel. <laughs> and now he's got like, fuck. This place is bigger than my house. <laughs> I, know. I know this place is nice. I know that's that's definitely bigger than a king size bed. But where he says, uh, "I'd wish I'd seen it before the war, before the plague," and he looks out and you see like the other side is all fucked up yeah it's like decimated over there so yeah, I know. again it looks like so, ancient ruins <laughs> right so like uh, again it reminded me of that street you know on one side of the street is yeah. death and there's mm. it's a party and then here literally on one side of the river or whatever this body of water is like an abandoned wreck of a city and the other side it's like the richest people and yeah. parties and all this kind of stuff sanctuary so anyway just noticing all those i think it's really interesting i definitely think it sets a tone where you're like everything can may may look nice but then just right around the corner it's it's bad yeah exactly yeah, yeah i love that 
Yeah. So and then on, we we cut to the next scene or the next page, and um, we were with medical personnel who were moving body from a truck. Right. Uh, they mentioned that they think the quarantine methods are working when just then another <laughs> dead body <laughs> in the truck comes to life and starts taking out the medical personnel and the nearby partiers. Yeah. And that woman's like, not like this, please. Yeah. <laughs> this is the one, this one back here, the, the mask is flying off and he's like, Oh no, yeah. a, a second ago I was groping some lady's boob and now I'm getting, <laughs> now I'm getting my neck torn open. I guess that's mm-hmm. how it happens. The girl um, had the lady had like one of those. She had one of those flags as like a yep, cape. as a cape. Oh right! Wow, that's a good detail. Okay, so what happened here? Because they don't have the plague here, but now they do. So like they didn't know that dead bodies could turn that way, or like because the mist or whatever. Like I don't know. Well, I was assuming that with the, uh, the with the arrival of the train and maybe something with the mist uh. or maybe something they you know like the proximity of the ancient vampires around is probably they could have already yeah. been vampires. They're just being dead bodies. And then as the, the masters came closer, right. That's a great point. All right. Good job. I was just testing to see if you knew why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, so, and then we see a scene where the undead are like seeking out the train. They're like sniffing like dogs, um, trying to find it. We see a familiar blonde lady that we saw at the beginning of the Plague of Ships, right? From Plague of Ships. Way yeah. back on episode one of this podcast. Yeah. That's episode crazy. One. Yeah. Book club members. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can find that discussion on episode one of the podcast. Yes, I'll link um, it. I'll, I'll link it in the show notes. Um, she greets the undead. I'm so pleased that you could join us. Now feed the flames and jump in the furnace. Um, so, yeah, and now we just, see why. Like, they do it. Glad. Yeah, they do it. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. They're just like, yeah, they're like looking for it. It's so weird. It's very, I don't know. There's something sad about it too. It's just like, I yeah. don't know. They, well, yeah. But it, anyway, we'll come back around to this. I, I think it's interesting. Oh yeah, no, it definitely is. And like when it, when it first happened, I was like, what is going on? But as we see later in the, um, in the, in the issue, I was like, oh, okay. Now I know what's kind of going okay, on. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll and come she back says around. like, feed your fathers. You know, she says that in the bottom. So oh obviously yeah. Yeah. These drawings, like this, this scene, like, it, I don't know if you remember that there was, um, a book Mignola wrote Jenny Finn. I think it was Jenny. Oh Finn. yeah. Yeah. Jenny like, it reminds Finn, me I, of mm-hmm. that. I don't know. Just like everybody like looks awkward. I don't know. This book, this book reminds me of that. This oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Oh, everybody does look like that. Yeah. They kind of have that, all that stuff all over their face and stuff. Yeah. They've got stuff all yeah. over their face. And there's always like, there's something ominous going on in the town and sort of like hushed yeah, up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. We got to talk about that. Um, anyway, gosh. <laughs> so many ideas. But that's another horror one. So I can't do that one. I got to find, I want to find a fun loving comic book to read with yeah you guys we'll, we'll have you on we'll have you on for something uh bright and cheery <laughs> soon yeah. all right so we cut back into the posh hotel lobby two guys are with uh baltimore down there having a drink with his never leaving his rapiers right on the side or whatever that is table. <laughs> he's just got it i think he's changed right he's like taking a shower he's like dressed nicer yeah, he's, so. he's enjoying a, a drink there. What kind of drink do you think Baltimore has? Oh, wait, we've yeah. seen it, right? He just drinks rum, right? Or gin or something? He's yeah, got to be a whiskey drinker, right? I was just like, well, I mean, he's hard liquor for sure. So <laughs> <laughs> he, ain't, he ain't mixing it. He ain't putting it on ice. He's just straight, straight up rubbing alcohol. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> he just drinks what they have behind the bar to clean the bar. Yeah. So he He's like, what's the cheapest <laughs> shit you got? Pour it in a dirty glass. <laughs> yeah. If you can't light a match and like bring it within two feet, it's not, <laughs> not strong enough. But I like these two guys smoking a cigarette, chatting with each other. It's so funny that people are still having normal life. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. yeah, Everyone here, like, they're just like, like nothing is happening. Yeah. It's very, I think it's really cool. This idea, I think, is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So then we see a very injured Gustav, one of the guards or police, police officers in a police uniform, talking about vampires as he, as he stumbles in, being carried by two guys covered in blood. He looks like... (laughs) he's gone insane. Like the, yeah, his eyes yeah. and his face, like how have they not seen this, you know, is it not happening everywhere? Yeah. Well, Doesn't I think it just it, happened it, on the other side of the river. Well, I think it's like, he's in shock because, you know, like they've been cleaning out and they've been thinking their quarantine efforts are working. And oh, all yeah, of they're a sudden good. it's like, right. It's like, Oh shit. There are still some vampires here. Yeah. 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 yeah you're totally and, right. Aubrey. And, and just like you said, if it was the presence of the other vampires and they probably had the suite like this for a long time because there's zone like, there's no like mail or anything, but like people know apparently that it's a sanctuary. So yeah. word has gotten out. It's probably been like that for a while. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. That's true. Baltimore finishes his drink, pays his tab. I like that little clink. He throws his coins down there. Oh, yeah. That's a great panel. That's the actual Great Britain two pence. Okay. Um, okay. I looked it up. Yeah. So that's actually what it looks like. So good job, Stenbeck, with that detail. So yeah. that's uh, six pence? I guess yeah, so. I guess yeah. 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 Well, that probably includes a tip. Okay. Yeah, well, for I don't sure. know. I mean, Europe, Europe's not a tipping culture, is it? Oh, I, I guess not. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. If you're from Europe, I think Baltimore's trying to burn his. He's trying to burn his cash out. I don't think he's like. <laughs> so Gustav pleads with Baltimore, "You don't want to go out tonight." No, I don't. Baltimore responds. That's good. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. I just always think Baltimore is just like, uh, like Evil Dead, like his Evil Dead, just a different time, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man, Bruce Campbell. We, uh, gosh, that would be good casting too. He's he's way older now, though. Yeah, I say Bruce Campbell from the '90s would have been perfect. Yeah, he, that's a great casting, Wes. I had never thought of that. That's really good. It's just like you're just going out there and being like, "All right, I'm gonna kill these guys." He's not. He doesn't have a chainsaw hand, but he's got a magical wooden leg. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Groovy. Baltimore heads out and finds an interesting scene. Um, he sees the vampires are like not interested in him at all. And they're running towards the train. And that guy sticks his head out. He's like, Mm-mm. yeah, Baltimore follows them. And a night watchman like sticks his head out. I think that's funny. Like yeah. Of all the things, there's like vampires running through the street. But he's like, no, wait, who's that bald guy? Right. I know. That's what I was also like. He's like, hey, what are you doing? You're trespassing? It's like, dude, did you not see those 15 vampires <laughs> covered in blood? All right, whatever. <laughs> But he sees it thrum, 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 thrum. Oh, rejoice and be glad, right? Rejoice. I forget what it says. Yeah, that's what it says. Yeah. yeah. Rejoice and be glad. Yeah, it's such a weird, perfect. And then yeah, it's little... creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's super creepy. And then Baltimore has a flashback. Yeah, Baltimore <laughs> remembers the train saying, fire without smoke. The watchman comes oh, out to yeah, tell Baltimore yeah. that he's trespassing. Baltimore advises the watchman to go lock himself in his office until sunrise. There's something <laughs> ins- <laughs> insidious at work here. Yes. Um, and then we see creepy lady watching him with her glowy glasses. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So and then the next scene, we we see the blonde woman who we learn is Lucerezia Fulcanelli. 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 So I, I did look this up. There was um 
a French alchemist and esoteric author named Falconelli, but that wasn't even their real name, and no one really knows what their name was. Hmm. Oh shit! Isn't that really interesting? That's, That's from uh, from the 1920s. Um, their identity is still debated. The name Falconelli seems to be a play on the words Vulcan, the ancient Roman god of fire, plus L, a Canaanite name for God, and so the sacred fire. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, especially because he has a furnace. Exactly, right? Sacred fire. One of the anecdotes pertaining to his life retells in particular how his most devoted pupil supposedly performed a successful transmutation of lead into gold. You got to assume that the authors kind of pulled that name, you know, Falconelli for this this character i definitely would assume that mignola went to one of his books on his bookshelf and pulled right right oh yeah fulcanelli addresses the townspeople of budapest as well as the mayor and the chief of police um she talks about her patented plague furnace trademarked tm (laughs) (laughs) i guess it would have been trademarked earlier than 1916 when was one of those uh, patent pending kind of things yeah (laughs) oh yeah it was patent pending at that point yeah they burned the dead so hot that they're reduced to less than ashes so no one gets contaminated the local doctor has also observed the furnace fucanelli asked for his evaluation it's a miracle he calls it it's the greatest invention in an age. I like yeah, his 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 face and his mannerism right there. He's like, "It's the greatest invention in an age." She's like, "Should be like your efforts to clean the disease from your city are admirable, and my patented plague furnace will aid in those in endeavors." <laughs> this is a miracle, Miss yeah. Focanelli, the greatest invention in an age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like the mayor. He, the doctor's like the mayor from the Lollipop Guild. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But we see them putting this woman in the furnace and like you see like I guess the family or like maybe yeah, family. And they're like crying. Like that's heartbreaking. You know what I mean? They show this so much in the book, right? Like they just throw them in there. I like how they don't like shy away from that, you know what I mean? Because there would be a lot of that, and then you're putting her she just said they reduce them to ashes like in seconds. So it's just kind of like that's pretty messed up. You know what I mean? To like see that. Afterwards, the chief asks uh, Fucanelli what this will cost the city. She responds that it won't cost anything. I will nevertheless benefit from our arrangement. Um, That's what worries me, the chief says as she walks off into the crowd. I did want to talk about this detail because like out of the side of the train, there's like mini ones, right? That come out. I guess so. Or is that the furnace? Yeah. Oh, no, there's a bunch of them. You're, You're right. There's a bunch of furnaces. I didn't even catch that. That's how, like, yeah. I guess. I didn't even so then, that. like, because I thought that they used the train and the train carried well, and then, the furnace, but you're right. There's two furnaces there, and then they're throwing yeah. bodies into the furnace that's in the train, too, aren't they? Yeah. Well, and then one of them pulls up in front of this hospital, and you see this one lady's like, yeah. she's like, almost like, no, or whatever. And then the guy's like, no, we got it. Like, there's something happening there, too, where I guess yeah. he's like, okay, now we're going to take all the bodies and put them in here. And they're like, no, we're not going to do that or whatever. But like, yeah. this is a yeah, new thing now like that. that we're doing. And now Baltimore's in, in the crowd. I didn't even notice that. He's there watching. Yeah, good job there. I didn't even notice that either. You can see his scratched up head. <laughs> yeah, and his scarf or whatever that is, his turtleneck. We're back at the hotel bar. Baltimore is enjoying a drink and a smoke at the bar. He wants to check out the train, but he's trying to not get distracted. At least this is what his, his inner monologue is saying. But he, he just, just can't, can't help, help himself from getting into trouble. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's got to get into trouble. 
Yeah, that's what he's got to do. And he says it. Duvik has not yet appeared, and I have never been a patient man. So tonight I seek a distraction, and I find it. Yes. Go looking for trouble. You'll definitely find it. Yeah, and then we get this weird mist that's happening in the in the town. This fog, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, haze, like a haze. Baltimore sees some sort of haze drifting through the streets. We see the haze seems to be turning the dead into vampires. So, like... It's clearly, at least that's what it seems like. The the smoke comes in and comes into the window, yeah, and comes in the window of like nurse's neck. Yeah, that is like that. That reminded me of like Evil Dead or like Sam Raimi, like yeah, because she bites one guy, she bites the guy in the neck, but at the same time she's snapping the neck of the nurse, and it was just like it would happen so quickly. You know yep. what I mean? Like, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean for a horror moment, I think that's pretty sweet. Oh, and it's yeah. even more better, and it's even more like just devastating because he's like you know the nurse is like it won't be long now and he's like i can't live without her and she pops up and rips his neck yeah. and breaks <laughs> the nurse's neck i mean that's that's just fucking creepy yeah yeah we get another one of those heart-wrenching scenes with the guy done dunzo but he said he couldn't live without her so he gets <laughs> doesn't have to <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> yeah. so he continues to walk through the mist we see like like these zombies are like carrying people like they're carrying people out of the buildings and stuff like right. that. They're just pulling this one dude by his hair. Baltimore is just super ironic so much for the gates of Budapest as he walks through <laughs> just lopping heads yeah. off and just chopping off heads. Yeah. No one um, seems to care. No, it's like super strange. He And he mentions that you're, you're a strangely silent tribe of monsters. I'll grant you that. It's as if you don't even want my blood. So I don't know if like, do they not want him or do they not want anybody? And they're just, their mission is they wake up and they go to the furnace. Well, I, I think, I, I think the mist is kind of yeah. bringing that is calling them or something. Yeah. They have them or the, yeah, the witch, the mist. Yeah. The mist has put them yeah. in a trance. Stenbeck does some crazy looking zombies, man. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. their faces and everything, but like, I don't know these, as they're like searching out the train, they seem very kind of almost like sympathetic or like, little animals you know what i mean that they're just kind of like want to just go to this thing yeah but remember if there wasn't no mist they'd be like swarming everybody yeah and trying exactly to eat everybody. exactly i just think yeah he does some interesting stuff with zombies in general yeah. i guess in like after so many issues you've you've got to start varying it up but yeah always makes them look really interesting yeah they're also different i mean all of us people are different but yeah. It's fun to see different zombies. So he follows. He follows this horde of zombies towards the train, um, and walks up to the train and takes a peek inside. And what do we find? Some scary vampire party stuff. I really like this. It's like a card game. I know this is so cool. And and the it looks color- like a seance or something, but a bunch of yeah. like yeah. pagus level vampires. It's like a it's a twelve fucking elders sitting at yeah. a table. Sitting, sitting, in a, sitting around a table or something like that. Yeah, and I just think um, the color shift with all the red is just so fantastic for just that part of the page. Yeah, you even see like as he approaches, there's a little sliver of red, and then he looks in there, and it's more red, and then it's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're like, oh shit, this is this is some shit. Yeah, the look on his face, like when he goes over the next page, is like he's like, oh shit. Yeah, he really. Yeah, does. And you don't see this face from Baltimore. Exactly. You know? He's always just like scowling. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's always like, God damn it. Now I got to again. The look of resignation. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah. and he's all like, you know, a dozen of them ancient 
ancient like Hagus, high priest to the Red King. I'm gonna need uh, more than a sword to kill them all. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's what he thinks. But I like how the I like how that's his thought. Like he's like, Well, yes, I'm gonna have to kill them. I just need more stuff. Yeah, I gotta go get more <laughs> I need some more shit. Fifty pounds is not enough. <laughs> <laughs> need more. Harpoon? Ah, I need three harpoons, at least. <laughs> How many harpoons can I carry? I wish I had more arms. I don't even use these harpoons. I just <laughs> like them because they're good luck. Baltimore decides to go and get more stuff, kill the high priest of the Red King. As he retreats back into the city, we see uh, Fucanelli observes Baltimore and commands her vampires to follow him and then kill him and his allies. Nothing can be allowed to interfere, she says, as vampires continue to feed the flames of the plague furnace. And then um, you see like the bird coming out of the mouth and then the bird even looks like it gets like charred. Right. So I think that's an important detail, I think, because I think so too. like it's the seen, Yeah, we've seen that when the vampires die, these like bur- red birds come out. Those are like the souls of the vampires. And we've talked about that and so here it's destroying the body and the soul as well or it's burning both of them. Yeah, good detail. So I don't know this this next scene I love. So this is like from I don't even know. You know, this is like from a Sunday morning like cartoon from your. From it your new it has that style, yeah. yeah. Dude, dude's all fell asleep reading his book. At least his coffee's still hot. Or whatever. I was trying to um, I was trying to figure out what this book says. You can clearly see what it says. So the second word is adventures. So yeah, it, then what is Skeksy Adventures? I was trying to look for that, and it, I just kept pulling up Dark Crystal stuff. Yeah, Dark like Crystal. That's all, that, that's, all, that's, all that, uh, that's all that Google would give me. But I yeah, did find... Skeksy's Adventures. Adventures of the but, Dark Crystal Skeksy's. Yeah, but I, but I did find a translation that said Undead. So Undead oh. Adventures. So I wonder if he's reading zombie stories now, because he, he saw them. This is the same guy, Gustav, from the earlier scene in the bar. So probably I went wonder, to the library uh, and was like, I need to do my research. Yeah, he's like, Oh, I saw some vampires in the street. Let me go get this undead adventures. I'm gonna read this. You know, what he I doesn't mean? know that the, I don't know. the author he should be following is Simon Hodge. That's the book. There you go. Read. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no shit, right? Reading the wrong books, buddy. Yeah, so we cut to the armory and the guard Gustav from earlier has fallen asleep. So he's w- woken by a bang on the door as Baltimore. Um, Gustav responds, Whoever it is, go away. You know I'm not permitted to open, open the, the door. door. They, both say in <laughs> they both say it at the same time. I love that because so he's good. finishing his sentence, but Baltimore is also telling him open the door. Anyway, just yeah. really good. As he shoves I love a that gun moment. into his face. Yeah, no. It's yeah. A, it's a <laughs> I like how you see the gun like barrel like push his nose down. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. really good detail right there. It's it's very comedic. Yeah. Gustav says, "Don't be a fool. You robbed the armory, and you'll never make it out of the city alive." It may be that no, none of us will, Baltimore says. And he yes. leaves with a giant chest of... Uh, <laughs> he just walks off with that on his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, we don't see what's in it. <clears throat> we don't see what's in it yet, but we do see he left a big pile of gold for... He tied the guy up and then left a big pile yeah. of gold. Yeah, and I hope he locked the door or did something to look out for that guard. I like this guy. Over the, the door, there's a very long word right there. F-E-G-Y-V-E-R-T-A-R. That means mm-hmm. arms. Okay, Is that in, arms. Um, makes sense. Hungarian? Yeah. What in what yeah. language? Romanian? Yeah, Hungarian. Hungarian. He ties up Gustav and pays him. Then he goes back to the hotel to settle up. The clerk tells Baltimore he has a visitor. Priest. We it's find Duvik hiding in the shadows like a creeper. Yeah, I like how he looks like 
the, he looks crazy. Yeah. Like yeah. everything else is all posh and nice. Even Baltimore has changed his clothes and all this stuff. He fits in more with like the environment and Duvik looks like the, he looks pretty rough, man. <laughs> yeah. He looks super rough. Yep. If the time has come for you, he says to settle your accounts, Lord Baltimore, let us discuss your debt with God, my debt with God. He has taken all I have and given me nothing but damnation in return. But it is a gift I will be delighted to share. I love the uh, look on uh, Baltimore's face because he's just like, whatever, dude. I mean, <laughs> he, he's not mad. He's like annoyed. He's just like, yeah. I, I, I should be out hunting Haggis, but I got to deal with your fucking bullshit. <laughs> yeah. And then we do see like there's vampires outside going about to go into the hotel. So it's like, and it ends the issue there. I had so much fun reading this issue and I was like, Oh, now we're going to get into it. You know what I mean? Like not oh, only, I know. not only, not only is it finally Duvik versus Baltimore, but there's going to be some vampires in there. So going into this next issue, I was very excited. Yeah, no, it gets wild. And this is where I started. Like in 2011, I stopped reading the comic books. I just waited until I collected, but sometimes oh, wow. you have to wait so long for, right. When Mike was on a book, you had to wait. <laughs> so this next cover of this maybe I don't know. It's such a creepy cover, but it's like one of my favorite covers. Yeah, that's a really cool one. It's like the, the color is amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. 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 Very nice. We open straight on a fight. So this is like opens up right away. We're and we're in the battle. Oh, I love that so much. I love a good sword fight. Yeah, and yeah. the choreography is done so well, too. You know what I mean? I just like how... I like this first panel a lot. I mean, you just get to see, like, this wide expanse of the hotel, but then you see, like, all the Baltimore shit, like, in the corner stacked there. I kind of like that, too. It's like, he put all his stuff down, so he's like, all right, let's do this, you know? Yep. Mm -hmm. You seem like a man unraveling, Duvik, Baltimore says. <laughs> Not all the aloof inquisitor that Sam and Hodge wrote me about. I wonder if that stings a little bit too here in, you know, yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, damn, was this a trap or something? I think he's too, like, crazed to think to even else. recognize. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, the next page, when you look at Dubik's face, like in that one panel, he just looks like a crazy maniac. He looks like a rabid dog. Well, yeah, there you go. I mean, I think, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that is. That is definitely purposefully done. I didn't realize it at the time, but yeah, yeah, it is very cool. Yeah. Many shall oh, be purified, yeah. but the Maybe wicked shall nice. do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand. Which of us is wicked, Baltimore says, the soul damned hunter or the torture of women and children? You admit <laughs> it's like he's mad he's not even mad that he was called a torturer, he's mad that he admits that he's a damned he's like, soul. He's right. like you admit your soul is damned. Yeah, that's the thing yeah. that he's pissed off about. <laughs> Yeah. And Baltimore's like, how can I endure all I have and think otherwise? He's like, yeah, of course I'm damned. He tells him to submit and be made pure. Baltimore says, made pure by you, priest? I think not. Fight and die. And if God has not abdicated his throne, if he still sits in judgment, which I doubt, let him decide <laughs> which one of us is a monster. And punches him right in the yeah, face. Yeah, I love yeah, that crack, crack right, right there. Oh, uh, that is so good. I love in a sword fight where like, you know, they get the swords mm -hmm. struck together and then one guy just punches the other dude across yes. the swords. It's like, ah, oh, oh, that's so great. good. It's it's so great to see Duvik get punched in the face, too. It really <laughs> is. I mean, yeah, no. well, you guys know my feelings on Duvik, yeah. so this was very yeah, satisfying. But like, literally, when I turned the page and I saw him like that, he falls back. I was like, oh, you know what I mean? I was mm -hmm. like, he got you. But then he like trips Baltimore, his peg leg. I was like, that's a low blow, dude. 
You're yeah. going to hold his own. Like, I mean, Dubik's holding his own. He is. They're very evenly matched, but I was like, come on. But I did love that action beat. It was so cool. Yep. When we get, uh, Dubik says, I am judge of the new Inquisition. God has chosen. You are a savage, Baltimore says, full of bloodlust and malice. They have their big. Yeah, they have their big yeah. showdown. They're yeah. about to they're about to strike each other. It's like Duvik's got the sword up. He's like Baltimore is pointing the gun at him. He's like, yeah. in God's name, I'll send you to hell before I. There's no hell for me worse than this one. <laughs> That's a good line. And then uh, crash. We get a whole bunch of very nicely dressed vampires running. Into <laughs> I mean, this, this dude's got a bowler hat on. I mean, that's. Hats off to you, dude. <laughs> they are very nicely dressed. I know they're That's ready to, cool. They're ready to party. They're like part of a, like the gangs in New York, ready to do some stuff. <laughs> but he, oh, Baltimore immediately turns his attention, and so does Duvik. They turn their attention to the immediate threat. Blam! Yeah. Baltimore shoots one right through the chest. His bowler cap goes flying. Die, monster, <laughs> Duvik says as he slices off and chunks his head. <laughs> that bowler um, cap goes flying. That's pretty good. I mean that's an awesome that's an awesome even though I don't like Duvik that's a pretty cool scene. I know. Oh I can, yeah. It's kind of like why are they doing this? I hate liking Duvik, but he is doing some cool stuff here. Oh no, it's just like you know that part like you see in the movie where like all of a sudden like the bigger threat shows up. You know, you still hate the son of a gun, but um, <laughs> yeah. So then we see our uh, our front desk guy. He gets attacked by a uh, by a vampire, knocking the uh, crate off the front desk. As he gets his ne- neck bit, and we sort of get a little look of what's inside the crate. It looks like a massive gun, some sort of something. Cannon or something? Something like that in there. You've drawn them here. They sense a kinship. You mean they haven't come to extinguish the light of your purity, Father? Baltimore says. Really gets- good. I love all yeah. that. He has something to say to Duvik every single time, which I think is great. Like, it's like, I don't know, just yeah. calling him on his bullshit. I just love that. He always has good one-liners, too. It's always like a good little comeback. Yeah, yeah, he's quick. He's sharp. Yeah. And I think that like Christopher Gold, I th- I'm going to I don't know if it's Mike or Christopher Golden or another editor, but I feel like Christopher Golden's doing that. Cuz he would oh, do yeah. that in those yeah. other books with Hellboy, you know, like Hellboy would have a little bit of that in those in the the books that Christopher Golden wrote. Yeah, I think that Mignola gives the overarching and then Christopher Golden goes in and writes all the character stuff. Yeah. 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 yeah Baltimore's got some good, good one-liners. Then he just stabs that vampire with that other, and grabs the other one by its neck. Yeah. yeah. He's getting like clawed across the head. That's really intense. That's like, ah, I could definitely, that made me wince. Yeah. I don't want that. I don't want that to happen. I wonder why that vampire's back likes is all like that. Maybe he's setting on fire because he pierced him through the heart. I guess maybe he pierced him through the heart and he's going on fire. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, like they've been exploding all around him as he's been killing him. So on the next page, we see um, a bunch of police officers are out on the hunt for or looking for Baltimore. Outside the police are coming for Baltimore because he robbed the armory. He's like the audacity of stealing grenades and guns from the armory. <laughs> yeah. Inside, we cut back to Duvik struggling with one of the vampires. Yeah, and then we see up on the roofs, there's more vampires sort of watching everything unfold. Yeah. Kind of cool. I like that that guy that's like crouched super low. Yeah, he looks like he's well-dressed also. <laughs> Definitely all well-dressed. <laughs> they went to the gentleman's store before they came. Yeah, only well-dressed vampires around here. <laughs> In Budapest, all our vampires look like they just came out of men's warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> and i can guarantee it or what does he say what's that i'll guarantee it or something like that i'll guarantee it exactly 
So we get just as um, Baltimore and Duvik are finishing off the last two vampires. I like this uh, Baltimore's favorite weapon of choice, the the cross knife, crucifix <laughs> knife. Uh, so it's probably silver too. I don't know who knows. Yeah, because it's burning them and stuff. Yeah. Yep. Duvik grabs that glass and just slices the vampire's throat, and the <laughs> and the police officers just walk in. Lower your weapons, my God! Like Baltimore's like, I can see some explanations are in order. <laughs> yeah, and Duvik's yeah. just like. <laughs> Like just stabbing that thing in the neck like over and over. That's a very comedic moment. I would love to see this like cinematically. You can, it's definitely conveyed very well there. I like that. Baltimore is like the one that he stabbed is now on fire. Yeah, he's got multiple blades in that guy. So they explain to the police who they are. Well, like, like he's like, I'm Lord Henry Baltimore. And he's like, hold your tongue, Blackheart. I am blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah, he's he tells them. Father Andre. Yeah, yeah, he's like, seize them. He's telling the guards, like, you got to seize this guy. And then the guard's like. Uh, you um, look like the crazy one here. You, you have a wild look about you. That's what he tells him. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And Baltimore's and, um, like, yeah, he's not, Duvik's not in his right mind. That's a very good, like, the expression that Stenbeck put on him right there, too, is really good. Yeah, I know. He's just like, yeah, this guy's not, he's definitely not in his right mind. <laughs> I know. It's such a good look. And I think that um, du- the head that Duvik is holding is slowly disintegrating into a skull like on the next page it's a skull oh, oh that's yeah funny mm-hmm. yeah great detail that's super cool baltimore says there are enough monsters among us in these dark days without the church pointing its accusing finger at every man unwillingly to accept its authority i like that line baltimore says he won't drop his weapon and tells the police that the inquisition will come for them next but the police say they have to confirm duvik's story and if it's true baltimore will have to surrender and you will be purified duvik says as a vampire tackles an officer through the window. Yes, and then just then, it's like every time they get to a point, and then it's like, here come the vampires again. They're like, guys, right? like we were in a war, and then there's a pandemic, but also there's monsters coming back. Ancient <laughs> monsters come back. Yeah, so they've had all their attention on Baltimore and Duvik. They haven't realized there's like a horde of vampires like coming behind them. <laughs> yeah, so ridiculous. Yeah, these are the parkour roof roof vampires yeah there you go the well-dressed ones shit goes crazy fools bullets will only get you seconds to hold them off even for a minute you'll need something something more formidable and he looks back towards his crate baltimore does gets out this thing Um, there are sure ways to kill them baltimore duvik says baltimore is like decapitate them or destroy their hearts so he's like they're he's working with duvik like they're working together i think it's kind of interesting where he's like and there's sure ways to kill them baltimore like why does duvik tell him that but he doesn't tell the police that like just tell the he's because he wants baltimore to do it you know what i mean i don't know there's like something interesting yeah there is yeah there's definitely a weird dynamic he's obsessed with baltimore it's his obsession with baltimore yeah yeah but i was like you know decapitate and destroy their hearts and there are other ways and like has these Pulling a pin out of a yeah. grenade with his teeth, and he drops one onto the to a couple of vampires coming in the window. Total obliteration for one. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the other way to kill them. Total obliteration. Boom. <laughs> oh, nice. We got a nice boom there. That's a great Clem Robbins boom. Good job. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. yeah I think yeah. this is a machine gun, right? So, out yeah. It's got like some sort of rotary thing on it, which I guess is like spinning the bullets around or something. Yeah, and definitely shoots like a high caliber bullet because like this guy loses an arm, like his yeah. arm gets shot off, and then he and then he hands it off to the chief of police. I think this belongs to you. At close range, it might do the job. The police are fighting, and then we see 
Baltimore gets snagged by one of the vampires who gets pulled into a group well, of he them gets, and they carry him Yeah, off. he gets pulled into a group of them. Yeah, but like he handed it off to that police guy and that guy like totally couldn't do it. Because then they yeah. all they all got swarmed or that dude got killed. Hold him, the vampires say as they take him. If you want to hold me, you'll have to kill me, Baltimore says. I love that. And Duvik makes it. I'll have him. I'll cleanse them all. Creation of God's creation. May you be purified, empowered to drive afar all power of the enemy. This is him blessing this gun, right? Yeah, he's he's blessing it. I guess like, I want to say he did something like that earlier. We saw Yeah, him I think he did. Yeah. Doing something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's accurate. And then we cut back to the train where we see the line of low-level zombies, vampire, whatever, vampires walking into this furnace. Just waiting to get in there. The reason why I call them, like, like they're they're covered in plague. They're just walking in, but you don't see, like, the other... Like, yeah. there's definitely multiple levels of vampire, right? We have the yeah. people at the table, the high... And then the renovant, right? Mm-hmm. Then we got the people that are just watching, working the train. They're watching everything happen. The people that are just burning themselves. And the losers that are just going in it. Yep. <laughs> losers. <laughs> Back with uh, Fulcanelli in the train. A line of vampires wait to feed the flames. Fulcanelli meets with the vampire priests and informs them that soon the train will have as much power as it can hold. Then they'll be off to Carthage for the ritual. Just then she's informed that the monsters have caught Baltimore. Fulcanelli addresses Baltimore saying they should have killed him in France. But she didn't know back then that he was on a personal crusade. She tells the vampires to start the train off. Now that they have Baltimore, she doesn't want anything else interfering. She asks Baltimore if he knows what he stumbled upon. And then in a, in typical villain fashion, she arrogantly explains her entire plan to Baltimore. She oh, lets right. him know like, everything <laughs> that they're going to do. Um, I, I do like this scene, though, because she's like meeting with the vampires and they're like, we call it Baltimore. She's like, oh, I got to deal with this shit over here. I'm definitely going to go over here. I do like before we get into the story of like why she's doing this or like the reasoning behind doing this. Like they're like, all right, let's wrap this up and get the train going. They like close door to the furnace and like the vampires still want to oh, get in. Oh, like, yeah. Right. Yeah, that's a great detail. I didn't notice that. Yeah. But they've got those little portable ones in the city, the little car ones. Yeah. Go find one of those. You right. can throw it's, yourself yeah. in that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but then and then we get into the story about why why they're doing this, right? Are you clever enough, Lord Baltimore, to understand the sacrifice of these newly risen servants of the king? The high priests make the revenants, and the plague spreads, and the revenants make the simple servants, these vampires. Yeah, so those are those are the um that's so the hierarchy, I guess. Are the revenants like the big bat ones? I, I guess. think the high priest makes the revenants. That's what I would say, yeah. Yeah, because like the the high ones, they're like they're kind of like blue too. I noticed like yeah. they have like a different skin color. And yeah. then I guess like the revenants are kind of like they don't look blue, but there's but they're still fancy vampires. <clears throat> and then the uh simple servants. The simple servants are the ones with the plague. Yeah, it goes yeah. to high priests, revenants, yeah. and simple servants, yeah. Yeah. This panel with the monsters on it is fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it looks like Ag- Agdru Hem, right? Looks like Inks. It really does. Like- yeah, it kind of does. I mean, this one, I, I think the head is so interesting on this one because it kind of looks like a hand almost. Like the yeah, it does. Looks like bones. a skeleton hand. Yeah, exactly. We see like an ancient. Basically, we see you know for for listeners that don't have the images in front of them, we see like an ancient time. It looks like there, like you see this temple here. It looks like there's giant hands back there, Aubrey. Do you see that? Like, oh, I don't wow. think those are mountains. I think oh. those are like fists. 
It kind of does oh, look shit. like that. Oh, shit. It does look it, like it that. It like hands. Yeah. But it's like clearly an ancient time before, like it doesn't even look like there's that much life, right, on the on the planet. It doesn't even look like our planet. It looks like a totally different planet. Yeah. Um, it's totally bizarre. It, yep. It's unrecognizable to anything except for maybe like this weird step pyramid type thing. So there's like some ancient ritual going on there some really red flame and we have like vampires with armor around this fire. They have like some symbol on their chest. Oh, right. Really the cool symbol. One. See, I want to say I saw that symbol somewhere else in the book. Dang it. I'm going to have to go back and check. I'm sure you're right. Yeah. I swear. I saw that symbol. There's a symbol around on the vampire's chest. I'll keep an eye out for it. I mean, like all the structures look like man-made and also like some sort of organic made, you know, they look like they're yeah. organic and man-made all at the same time. So on the next page, we see like these vampire or whatever humanoid people were raise the Red King up. He's got like a crown of red flames. He looks like, you know, he looks like a zombie, but a giant massive. That is so cool. That's like really cool imagery. I love that. It kind of reminds me of um, Bones of Giants, but like that was like an ice yeah an ice skeleton or whatever and this one's like a fire one so fucanelli talks about how they're doing this all in the name of the red king also that one day he will awake um one by one his high priests regain their memories of the time of his reign together in the appointed place we shall wake him the eldest of them all awaits us there where all the evil i've accumulated will be unleashed as a beacon for the red king the eldest is it Hagus? Are you talking about Hagus? Uh, that's, all we, that's all I can think about. He's like, wait a minute, about. wait a minute, hey, wait. Did you mention Hagus? <laughs> Let's go then. Time to depart, she says, uh, and they pack up the train. They're getting ready to go. So I did find this. Um, there is a painter called Sidslaw Beksinski. They do abstract paintings, and Hayden had posted some of these in the comments of one of our previous episodes, and they do bear resemblance to oh yeah a lot i remember of that yeah um, yeah this guy's super creepy <laughs> <laughs> looks like it was made by spiders <laughs> <laughs> but it does kind of resemble that uh really cool i'll post some side-by-side comparisons for our post this week yeah it's super cool all right sorry so pick up with the train there because i kind of interrupted you yeah no you're good so they get the train going they're closing up they're getting on the move um fuginelli says a pity i have to leave so many behind but I've given them their instructions already. Kill as many as they like, and then follow the tracks until they fulfill the sacrifice the king demands. How can you, Baltimore says. You're still human. Faith is faith, Lord Baltimore. And now I provide my own offering to the high priests. You. That's crazy. So like, she's like, oh, well, this is what I believe. You know what I mean? I don't know that we've seen humans that are into that, but that yeah. was, isn't that kind of what Haggis's plan was though? Kind of? I do. I think, I think so. that's what yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's so. what like, and they talk about it a little bit. I think later they talk about how the humans served the vampires. You know, they didn't just go and yeah. demolish the humans. They, the vampires, told the humans who to praise and stuff like that, and they did. And the humans would bring sacrifices, and you know. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like tending to a garden, not necessarily. And I feel like, like I feel like that would happen too, like. 
if that happened today where like vampires and all this stuff and people would be like, oh, well, I'm going to help the vampires. You know yeah. what I mean? Like there would be. I mean, it's more sustainable for the vampires. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. So they're taking Baltimore onto the tram and then blam, blam, blam. These two guys get obliterated by. <laughs> they really do. And we see Duvik there with a the gun. I imagine this thing's probably hard to hold, right? <clears throat> it looks uncomfortable. It probably gets hot too. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but he came and he saved Baltimore. That was another thing where I was just like, ah, don't make me like this guy. But he's like, well, he's, he's not, not saving him, but he's like, I'm going to be the one to get him. I, I have to purify you. Yeah, he wants to be you. the one that purifies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's like, you will. He like shoots out those guys. and He's like, you will bow to the will of God. And he's like, enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, enough, dude. Enough. Yeah, enough. I like that body language, too, that Baltimore has. Just like, all right, man. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh this guy <laughs> yeah and you can see in the bottom of that page you can see vanessa's mark and then we go up right and then it's like bright red you can really see vanessa's mark yeah um, and yeah and, and, and he mentions it too so yeah that's very cool that they incorporate the visual to remind us yeah yeah baltimore goes vanessa caldras was full of hope and courage and you murdered her i see the mark she left on you with her dying breath she cursed you duvik says no i sanctified this weapon so he like the the all of the monsters that he just shot are now coming back to life. Right. Or coming, yeah. They're, they're coming back to being able to do stuff. And he's like, "What? I sanctified this weapon. Why didn't I should have killed them? Why didn't I kill them?" Baltimore goes, "It's you who are tainted, Judge Duvik. I doubt you have the power to sanctify anything. Never mind, purify." And he just tosses it while he's doing that. He's getting another grenade out to just throw it at all these zombies. He's yeah, so he casual about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, mid-sentence, he pulls out a pin and throws a grenade. What are you doing, Duvik says. The city is still full of vampires. You can't... As he chucks Boom. a grenade at them. <laughs> there are a dozen ancient leeches on this train, and its firebox carries the dark power of hundreds of vampires. I mean to destroy them all. Besides which, Focanelli knows Haggis' secrets and where I might find him. There are innocent souls here, Duvik says, screaming. There are innocent souls everywhere. By all means, stay behind and save them. Abandon your hunt and leave me to mine. Like hell I will. Like hell like I will, will, that bastard. Ooh. Yeah. I thought this was interesting too, where he's like, there's innocent souls here. Like I've, we've never seen this guy care about anybody. And now yeah. he's kind of like, what? wait, hold on. And there's still vampires yeah, but here. I, was, I thought about that too. I was thinking it's it just might be a play on, because clearly Baltimore does care. You know what I mean? As much as he right, says he doesn't, right. he always yeah. turns back to save the innocents or like, all right, there's a problem here. I'll do it. Oh, you so know? maybe, yeah, he's so using that to try and, okay. That's a great point. Yeah. Could have been a play on Baltimore. Like he knows, even he's if been it's following him, you know? he's, he's been following him. So he knows that he, that's his MO. Yeah. Infernal train three of three. Um, so this guy, I mean, this cover's cool. I don't know if you guys had this cover, but this is a cool cover. Ah, I mean, very nice. I think all three of them follow like similar color schemes. It's all like red and orange. Yeah, 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 very cool. Yeah, I love that. We open on the train. Baltimore is fighting some vampires on top of the train. Uh, they tell Baltimore that he's a lunatic for going into the den of lions. You think you are the lions, Baltimore asks? Which of us then is the fool, he says. I mean, he always <laughs> yeah. has good one-liners, you know? As he, like, chops his dude's head off. I love that line. He's like, you guys are the lions for real? <laughs> yeah, he's like, crucifix knife and stabs another one in the chest. Yes, he's just going at it. This one like tries to pull him down. I love this. Oh, this is great. Yeah, a little it's, like, it's like he deflates the vampire's head. 
Like he pokes yeah. it. <laughs> I was like, when he grabs me, he's like, oh, Flea, you becoming a nuisance, right? And then he gets poked in the face with his wooden leg. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like yeah, the sound so effect, it says pock. <laughs> yeah, pock. It goes in one eye socket and the other eye pops out of the other eye socket. Oh, so <laughs> gross. <laughs> it's super gross. But it looks like his head deflates. <laughs> it's like deflating. Yeah, it's really fun. And then he, and then he like, he burns up. So I guess that did it, right? I guess so. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, his definitely got a magical leg. Maybe there's something to stick it in a vampire's head. Right. Well, he's got all those nails in there. Yeah. Yeah. And we did. We ever decide who the nails are? Is it his family? Is it his loved ones? I forget. Um. I want it. I want it. That's another question that if we ever talk to Christopher Golden, we can ask him. Oh, I thought it was. Did we I have an answer to the, that? I thought it was all the vampires that he killed, but. He would. I mean, he's would definitely killed of, more. He'd be full it of would, it, nails. Would, it would be weighed down by all the nails by now. So I don't know. Yeah, I have to go back and check. Maybe it is just the people that he loved or whatever. I yeah, it yeah. could be like loved ones that he's lost. Like I wonder if um, Vanessa has one. Yeah. Right. Right. And then he stumbles right into the next car. The vampire's like, our brother Higgins was correct. You are tenacious, but your kind are weeds going in the garden. We planned it before the dawn of man, and we returned to tend our garden. And he pulls a pin out of a grenade with his teeth and goes, not your garden anymore. And drops yeah, it. That, <laughs> throws that, it that scene him. is so great. Not your garden anymore. And he just throws a grenade at him. So yes. good. I love how it says, um, not your garden anymore. So it's like in quotes. Yeah. Because he's like, this isn't really a garden. This is a hellhole, you know? Um, but that is so cool how he just throws that grenade in there. And I was just like, yes. When I saw that, I was like, ah, oh, this is so sweet. Oh, it's so good. I know. I love it. It's funny that like some of them are in like a uh, bat form and some of them aren't like, I wonder why. Oh, right. Yeah. They're just, yeah. Like, they're like, uh, this one was like, Oh, I'm going to scare this guy real quick. As the grenade goes off, we, uh, enter a new scene where we see Duvik is also on the train. He was able to make it onto the train. Um, right. he followed Baltimore. He recites Matthew 10, 26 through 28. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. And so um, he mentioned that earlier. So this made me think of the train because the okay. train destroy. We saw that it destroys not only the body of the vampire, but the bird that comes out of it too. Yeah. Yeah. And then it uses, yeah, I think it's using the soul as fuel for bringing the. Right. Right. So it kind of made me think of that anyway, because we saw that um, it, it clearly showed that earlier. I like uh, yeah. when the, when the grenade explodes, um, we cut to Fuganelli, and she's like, what the hell is that? <laughs> yeah, we cut to Fuganelli. Yeah, what the hell is that? Yep. She's like, Baltimore, it must be him. Perhaps it has Haggis claims that he has become more than a man. Perhaps he has been ordained, which gives us something in common. We are both pawns. So I thought, I, I, I think this is interesting because she says he's ordained. So I guess she's ordained also with something. Ordained yeah, in an evil, evil faith. Right. In an evil way or whatever. But like whatever Haggis did to him has given him some power, some sway in the grand scheme of all this. Right. Yeah. Right. Or maybe his, he, he, his anger ordained him. <laughs> right yeah. yeah and we see humans have power right like, we, like you know like vanessa's grandmother ha or mother oh right yeah, yeah, yeah had power sure. and then now we see that this lady she's also a witch right she has some sort of power so she takes off her glasses and she raises her hand and then we see that 
mist that whatever that right. stuff comes and sort of puts Baltimore into a trance. We see oh, like so when the train is Baltimore. coming into town, she's making the mist. Yeah, she's oh. making. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean that's what I got from her hand and her taking off yeah, her glasses. Like yeah, she does something right. with her eyes, right? That can get him. Like he wasn't affected by the mist earlier. You know, there's got to be more. The reason why she wears sunglasses at night. It's not just because she's a cool jazz musician well yeah <laughs> well yeah and i even noticed when they show those panels of her at night she's all black but the eyes are glowing yeah her eyes glow. yeah so and i thought that and i thought that was just like a cool artistic choice like when they show lobster johnson or something like that but okay. now i think that there was really light coming from behind her eyes and if yeah that's if the you power saw it in if you saw it in real life you would it would look like there were lights behind the glasses i mean that could dark. have been the power you know inside lobster I mean? johnson too Hey, holy shit. You're absolutely right. You know? Good job there, Wes. That's what happens when you get uh, Dave Stewart in, on the job. I know. You're blowing my mind. <laughs> she continues to reveal her plan because she can't help it. This she is, can't this help is it. What, she has to keep going. This is what, really this is what villains do. They get they get there, you know, and they tell they tell all their plans and they talk about it. Maybe she should be a book club member. Yeah, I know. Her, <laughs> you read a hey damn guys about all of her plans. Hey damn guys. So here's my plan. I'm going to get a bunch of vampires and put them in an infernal train. <laughs> and then we're going to use it as a big red signal to the Red King. Yeah. And we're going to get yeah. it. We're, we're going to go all the way to Carthage on the train. We're going to pick up some vampires. Oh, so fun. Yeah. Some of them will look like regular people. Some of them will look like bat forms because that's just how we party <laughs> on the train. Bat forms allowed on the train. Maybe that's what she was like. Bat forms allowed on the train. You right? guys can be bats if you want. And some of them were like, sweet, let's do this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, before I get into her plan, we see Duvik is also on the top of the train. And he's like, whoa, there's a bunch of vampires up here. Yeah. He, sees, he sees everybody running up there. That panel uh, that of his face right there, I think, is pretty comical. Yeah, yeah, I know that's a good one. And before, like, as Baltimore is going into his trance, he's like, "Witch, what are you doing to me?" He's like, sort of calling her out, but he's like slowly falling into this trance. Fucanelli goes, "You call me witch. I am what I must be. After all, you may have been instrumental in the High Priest's awakening, but you can't be allowed to interfere with what comes next. When humanity was only in its infancy." The Red King brought his high priest into this world from his limbo realm. So it's cool. There's like a different limbo realm. So maybe yeah, that's what the that other realm yeah. was. Maybe it wasn't Earth. You know, maybe it was a different. Oh, okay. Yeah, realm. yeah. Well, then um, you see that symbol again behind him. That's where I saw it. Good job there, Aubrey. That's yeah, where that a symbol, symbol again. is. And also like, this, and not that, but I know like Mignola pulls sometimes from Lovecrafty and stuff. Like there are realms that, I don't know. I'm going to get it wrong because it's so complicated, but like realms that are mm -hmm. on different planets. And then when planets align, like monsters can move to a different realm, even oh, though there's okay. planets, but yeah, there's different yeah. like levels of existence, sort of like the upside down and um, stranger, stranger things. things. Yeah. Yeah. Stranger Good things. job there. That's cool. Yeah. So she continues and the humans followed suit. So like um, the priests worshiped the red King and the humans followed suit. The more who prayed to him, the more powerful he became. And we get a shot of Haggis like there with vampires sacrificing a human. Maybe even some of these are humans, potentially, I guess. Among right. the high priest, Haggis was most high. At first, the existence of mankind provided life, bloody, screaming life, to sacrifice in the Red King's name. So we see him like handing off a heart. Or no, somebody handed him a heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we see the Red King. He's got no well, eyelids, no nose. Is that the actual Red King, or is that just a statue to the Red King? 
Yeah, it's just a statue. Yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it's over. pretty creepy. I mean, it's got that like, it's got that weird old creepy style, like how they would fashion their gods, like at the yeah. time. You know what I mean? Yeah, I see like a Mayan, like in a Mayan temple or something. Yeah, like yeah, something like that. Mankind proved to be strong and clever, and they bred quickly. As civilization spread, there were fewer and fewer who would worship the father of all monsters. Weakened, the king slipped into a space between spaces. I love that line. That's such, that's like a... Yeah, you know, I love that. And fell into a deep, abiding slumber. And the high priests fell into hibernation. But then, the blood of war caused them to stir. By that time, they had devolved into savages themselves. No more than animals. So that's what we saw, right? In, like, in the beginning, they were just sort of like... They were sort of in a trance, just feeding on the dead. <clears throat> exactly. Until Baltimore, she says, until you met Hagus on the battlefield, until you heard him, woke him, and through him woke the others as well. And we see her there with her glasses off and Baltimore in a trance. Yeah, it's kind of funny seeing him like that, right? Yeah. <laughs> he looks like um, Charlie. Um, Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown. <laughs> yeah, he, he looks like Charlie Brown there. It does kind of look like that. Ever since that day, he has been work- trying to wake the Red King. But so have we, Lord Baltimore. My masters have a plan of their own. I have gathered all this dark power for them to create a beacon of evil so strong that the Red King must awake. There you go. See- beacon of evil. Yeah, that's what's calling That's what's causing the, the vampires in Budapest, I think, is like that beacon of evil yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we see as Baltimore is in his trance, there's vampires creeping up like the, the vampires are coming into the... Oh, the two the hands train. are coming down to grab him. Yeah, I like that. Speaking of yeah. evil, sounds like a uh, nerdcore um, death metal band. <laughs> oh, so I like this part because the vampires start taking Baltimore. He's under the trance still. Right, she, but she said Hagus, and he hears yeah. Hagus, and then he and starts saying like, Hagus and wakes up. He like gets out of the trance. He's like, Hagus must die, and he like wakes <laughs> out of it, and he chops off that vampire's fingers. He's like, what? <laughs> that yeah. vampire was just about to enjoy some tasty humans, and then he got his fingers cut off, and he's like, ah! It's really good. I, well, I love this page. It's because like, you know, he reaches out, and he gr- tries to grab the sword, and that's when like, you know, he kicks into action and chops his fingers off. Why would you <laughs> grab a sword from the blade? No, I don't know why you would do that that's not yeah because he's dumb because baltimore was in a trance i guess maybe he was taking it away from him but if she but again this villain if she had never talked about Hagus or never talked about her plan he probably yeah, would have stayed in the trance yeah you know? exactly Instead, she, she had to go help herself <laughs> yep he had, she had to click him into his manic behavior yeah for real. whatever it takes to get to Hagus. oh yes he says as he punches <laughs> he bam punches a yeah a vampire in the face oh so yeah, i love that <laughs> And then you cut to the top and um, uh, Duvex being grabbed by one of the ancient vampires. Looks like, you know, thrown in the air. I'm like, yes, get him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hagus will die, Baltimore says, and so will you. He took everything from me. And if your plan will bring about the paradise he seeks, I will deprive him of it. Pulls another grenade out. Yeah. Yeah. Pulls another pin and throws it into the furnace. Maybe damned, but I still am a man. Yes. I love this page awesome yeah we get an awesome double page splash first of all i love the moment leading up to it where he pulls the grenade as all the vampires are grabbing him and everything i love seeing him throw the grenade into that furnace i was just like yes he's gonna destroy everything he's just like he just wants to ruin their plans yeah and he does yeah does a pretty good job ruining their plans so we see the train like totally get derailed and blow up we also see duvik makes it you know what i mean the blast kind of like 
knocks him away. Right. Yeah. yeah, he gets like thrown off the train. Yep. And then we see all of the birds like fly off, but they're not skeleton birds. Like, didn't they burn up too? I don't know. So that's yeah. that, that's what I thought was interesting. Is like I thought it had destroyed the souls, but I think. It was harnessing the power of the souls, I guess. So with yeah. it, with it yeah. blowing up, maybe all those souls are then released. It's kind of like we talked about Hellboy, um, Hellboy, the Third Wish. You know, the Bogrush put all the souls in these jars, and that's that was yeah. that's what what was giving her her power. But then at the end of that story, all the souls are released from those jars because she doesn't have power anymore. Yeah. Right. So anyway, kind of reminded me of that. But such a striking, very cool image. I love the use of. This whole bird soul idea is just a really cool concept, and the visual of it comes across so well here. Yeah, yeah, it's super fun. So then we get we find ourselves at the wreckage, and we see uh, Fucanelli down there, pinned to the ground oh, with man. A, like a pipe it, through her shoulder and her and her, her arm. arm is her arm has been ripped off. <laughs> so yeah, I wonder if she like tried to grab the grenade out of there or in that last moment or something that took, cause I was trying to see like, how did her arm get blown off? I mean, I guess there's a bunch of ways that it could happen, but yeah. I was trying to like, look at her positioning in the pre in the previous panel. I was wondering if maybe she might've tried to reach in there and got her arm blown off like that. And she's also like pinned to the ground by this big piece of steel or something. Yeah, that's, like a rebarb or something like that. Right. That's like going through or her shrapnel. shoulder and into the ground i mean through the next few pages i mean she doesn't move at all either i'm sure she's like paralyzed she's like she's done for right but we see like giant massive vampire kite bats on fire <laughs> oh right one of them, like, well one of them comes out of smoking and flies away no it, yeah, it flies away yeah, oh it, scra- it crashes into the water you're right it doesn't even make it that's a great he might, he might make it we never know you know you never yeah. know i like this one that comes out there one comes out of the wreckage and he's like human you will pay and baldwin's like you act as if you can't die and he smashes him over the head <laughs> with this big like piece of steel wrench he's like you can it just, it just takes, takes a little, little, little more work <laughs> yeah i know that's a good line you get a clip like you get a really good drawing of that vampire in the page before it right down there on the bottom I yeah guess. oh yeah yeah face um and then we get do like we get duvic quoting he quotes romans 8 2 i don't know if it's important or not but for the law of the spirit has set you free from the law of sin and death oh okay i know what that means but he says it i wonder if he's saying that to the spirits or something that i don't know or yeah i don't know it's just that he's on his own you know just quoting the bible yeah (laughs) who knows what he's saying yeah but he's got his gun he pulls his gun out and he's getting on to his final mission yeah take care of baltimore baltimore just does he does more with these vampires he takes them out yeah, yeah. He, he takes out two of those uh he's like uh because he's like you could die otherwise i'd have no reason to live as he's stabbing it with the yeah, ancients in the yeah. heart um and we get an exchange with, with duvik and baltimore duvik has a gun pointed at baltimore and says you are quite the hunter of monsters lord baltimore i grant you that but you know what happens when you gaze into the abyss? Yeah, so I had to go ahead and look this up. This is from, the full quote is, Battle not with monsters, lest ye become a monster. And if you gaze into the abyss, the abyss also looks into you. This is by Frederick Nietzsche from Beyond Good and Evil. Um, so I'm familiar with a little bit of Nietzsche. I actually read this book when I was in high school. I wanted to kind of get some context. So like I just like Googled like what the meaning of all this is. And I found 
uh, interesting comment on Reddit. This is by a username FritzBits11. He said, um, FritzBits11. Well, club member, Reddit user uh, a <laughs> couple years ago. He said, uh, My view is the first sentence is simply that the means with which those who fight monstrosity present a cure that it could be worse than the disease. When someone becomes so obsessed with destroying something that's wrong with the world, they create something else. You know what I mean? That's just as bad. But the second part, the abyss section is more vague um, and it's more interesting. My view is that it represents the infiltration into our heart, mind, and soul and what have you that comes along with delving into dark unknown matters. An example being um, one who spends this life trying to understand and realizing the most parts of life the worst parts of life will in turn be infested by the same mindset and succumb to the misery that and suffering of others. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you like, if you obsess yourself with the worst things in life, then that's going to like get into your heart, you know? Yeah. And that's like pulling in you into the abyss or whatever. So anyway, this is kind of what he's, uh, what he's alluding to there, you know, what happens when you gaze into the abyss. So Baltimore has been with these vampires. He's been doing so much. So it's only a matter of time. Duvik thinks until, he becomes one of them too, which is ironic considering what yeah what is going to happen. Because that's exactly what's been happening to Duvik. But I like how he says that, and then Baltimore doesn't even talk. He just like turns around and throws his cross knife right into his heart. Yes. Yeah. And at the same time, Duvik gets his shot off. Right. He had yeah, to, he blame. pulled his gun out yeah. to do that. So yeah. But clearly, Baltimore knows that line because Baltimore replies with exactly what you said, John. When Duvik says, "But." you know what happens when you gaze into the abyss Baltimore yeah. after yeah. he throws that and he drops to the ground knife right into Dubik's chest and he drops to the ground. He says battle not with monsters, lest you become a monster. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good little interaction between them. He's like, yeah, I know. I know I'm a monster. I know I'm a monster dude. And he's also like, I read too. <laughs> yeah that's know, the face he's making he's i know like, literature all right yeah, i'm a lord i'm a lord, I'm a lord. Yeah. <laughs> lord but he he inspects his wound and he's seems all right like yeah he should be yeah. dead as fucking fried chicken normally both your assets would be dead as fucking fried chicken oh yeah no shit right <laughs> yeah that's nuts so he really is ordained he really does have some sort of like indestructible I don't know something. It's it's his curse, I guess, right? Yep. Yeah, and it's pouring outside. So he did Duvik knife to the chest, and he's down. For, as far as we know, he's dead. Yeah. Baltimore got shot in the chest. Nothing happened, and he's walking the beach next to this river where the train wreck had just happened, and comes upon Fuccinelli. She asked for help. You said Hagus was going to be there. You were so eager to show him that you figured out how to wake the Red King. Tell me where he was to meet you or die at the end of my sword, Baltimore says to her. And she looks like, you know, she's got blood dripping down her mouth. She's got yeah. water on her face. I, I lied. I sent word for him to meet us in Carthage. He refused. He has gone to London searching for a window, he said. I don't know what he meant by it. London, thank you. You spared yourself the sword, Baltimore says to her. Sadly for you, I don't think the river and the storm will be more merciful. And he just looks down at her with a Yeah. He just leaves her there. Yep. Just walks away. She goes, you black hearted bastard. Yeah. Yeah. I love that panel. Yeah. Because I mean, she knows she's totally screwed at this point. But like, he had that interaction earlier where he was like, look, how can you do this? You're human. And she's like, beliefs are beliefs. You know what I mean? So he's just like. Yeah, well, there you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and she says more than that. She says, you think you serve some higher power, but you're damned just like the rest of us. Come back, you bastard. Come back. 
but I don't think he thinks he serves some higher power. Right. No, no he, yeah. he just thinks he's damned. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and he's like, he's like, he, all he has is his mission. And like, so he just doesn't give a shit. And know? I think he thinks he's a pawn. Like he said it before, you know, I think he feels like he's a pawn. He's just going through the motions. Yeah. And he pulls the, the knife from Duvik as yeah. this yeah, is going on. So I think that that is, that, that's interesting. He's got to get he's got to get his cross knife back. He's got some get his cross about knife it and, back. and we love talking about it. So yeah, yeah. And we see like things are really starting. Like we're starting to understand this world. We're starting to see where things are heading. Like things are starting to escalate. So let's see. Then we we get back to the aftermath of everything. It's nighttime. The rain has stopped. We see Fulcanelli has died. She's the the river has She's drowned. Yeah, come up above where she is. Pretty She's satisfying, drowned. I have to say. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Good riddance. Get out of here. A group of priests find Duvik's dead body. They say a little prayer. Man that is born of women has but a short time to live and is full of misery. May God have mercy on your soul. And then they say something. This is in um, this Latin? is Latin chant, right? Yeah. Rescue the saints of God. Meet the angels of the Lord, accepting his soul and offering it into sight of the Most High. And then they say that again. And then they yeah. say, may the Christ who called you receive you. And may the angels lead you into Abraham's bosom. Grant him eternal rest, Lord, and let the perpetual light shine upon him. Yeah, and we see, we see Vanessa's mark on his hand, and it's bleeding. Oh right, yeah, yeah. that's a good detail. Yeah, it's so weird, but he's clearly dead. Like he looks dead. And they say amen. The priest says amen, and then he starts growling. And then bam, he that priest just loses his lips. His lips oh, get yeah. taken off. Yeah, by, by a claw. <laughs> and then we see. Duvik has transformed into a werewolf. Oh, this is a great looking werewolf too. I love the oh, design on this. I love this shot of him like still in the pants and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just so great. Yeah. Um, the way that stands yeah, back like his this leg rendition. Reference. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. I love so, this werewolf. Yeah. So um, the words that Vanessa said when she cursed him, that's what we're seeing repeated here yeah. as the wolf just like tears apart these priests like, it reminds me of Daimyo, you know, the Were Jaguar. Yeah. I can't help but think about those scenes having read that first, but it is truly brutal and just totally gory and vicious. Yeah, he makes quick work of these monks. Can you hide the beast in your heart? That's what that translation roughly. Yeah, it keeps flipping. It says that, and then it says unclean, and then it says it again, and it's unclean as he demolishes these monks. And it's funny, like he he was saying to Baltimore, like, if you look into the abyss, if you go after the monster, you're going to become a monster. Exactly. Like, Dude, you became a monster. That's yeah. you. That's yep. you. Exactly. That's why it was so ironic. And I mean, yeah. And like, I love werewolves. And so I was kind of mad that this guy became a werewolf because I don't like him. But like, it was still <laughs> it, it was still a cool twist because I know that like it, werewolves are supposed to, aren't supposed to be cool. It's supposed to be a curse. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? It's supposed to be a curse and you can't help it. And you're going to kill everyone that you love. You like once every full moon and you, there's no control over it. And so um, it is supposed to be something that's unpleasant for you to have and not something cool. You know yeah. what I mean? I do get that. And so I, I think that in, in that case, it is very appropriate. And, and it kind of, I thought it was so cool because throughout the book, he looks so ragged with the drool and everything. But then yeah. when you go back and read it the second time, you're like, oh, they're setting this up. He's got that animalistic ever since Vanessa did that curse on him. You know, this has been slowly happening. So very cool to go back and read it again and pick pick up on that detail by Stenbeck and Golden and Mignola to put that in there. 
And this last panel was incredible. I love the posing. I love the colors. You got like a half torn up body in there. You get the howling at the moon. It's so good. The howling at the moon is awesome. And then you get like Vanessa's words again. You cannot hide your heart beast unclean. Like, I don't know that English version. It doesn't, it's not exactly the same, but that that's an interesting line too. Yeah. I think that's the, that should be the, I think that is the official translation, right? Or that's what they're saying. The translation is probably. Yeah. 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 But this is a badass wolf. It's definitely not your cool, calm and collected Michael J. Fox teen wolf wolf. Yeah. And look at the back feet too. He's got like the long kind of like haunches or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's like, Mm -hmm. I love that. Very cool. Yeah. So I can't believe that. I can't believe that that's what happened with this character. I thought for sure Baltimore was going to kill him or something like that. Or I I had no idea this was going to happen. There's like, it's pretty cool. I don't know. I'm 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 excited to see where it's going to go with this. I mean, yeah, I was totally surprised at that. Yeah, happened. I thought yeah. they like with the knife to the chest. That was it. Yeah, I was so happy also to see him killed. Oh, but that's another thing I was going to say. Had he left the knife in there, would he have stayed dead? Yeah, Probably. I was thinking the exact same thing. Like if if he left that because I imagine it's a silver crucifix, right? Right, right. Knife. But he's if he burning left them it in there, them. he's burning yeah. them with them in the earlier scenes. So it's like, I think if he would have just left it in there, none, he wouldn't have come back to life. I agree. By, do, I agree by doing you. that, he let the cursed kind of take hold oh. or whatever, which I think is like so weird and interesting and just like also kind of like a cruel twist of fate, you know? Yep. Yeah, I thought the exact same thing when I read this, John. I was thinking the exact same thing. Yeah, same here. It's just, uh, but now I'm just like, okay, so like, I mean, I don't like Dubek and all that, but I mean, this is kind of an interesting twist, and I'm, I'm anxious to see uh, Baltimore versus Dubek round two. I guess, yeah, because <laughs> he's going to keep going after Baltimore, right? Yeah, he's got, he's got to. He's but become, then... he's, be- he's become like more of a hunter now. He's a wolf, you know, and he's gonna so hunt is, him down. Is he going to be like, you did this to me, or like, what is going to be his? Is he ever going to? I guess. Wes can't tell us or don't tell us. I'm yeah, sure don't you know. <laughs> but it's like, I, I'm wondering, is he ever going to take responsibility for what he's done? Or is he just going to be like... Because like Baltimore even tried to call him on it. He was like, well, who's really the wicked one? The one that's hunting monsters or the one that tortured children and women? You know yeah. what I mean? So it's kind of like, is he ever going to like reconcile with that? But I guess he's like, I'm chosen by God. But then like, what is this now? You're a wolf. So... I don't know. I'm interested to see how he's going to like wrestle with that on his own terms. You know, it's also interesting because um, his mentor also like turned into yes, something as well. You're right. Yeah. yeah. What did he turn into? He turned. He was. Possessed. No, he just he he, he just got the he got the stuff all over. He his got face. the vampire plague or something. And like then that. he turned yeah. into a vampire, and then Duvik had to like strangle him with that whip that they used to whip each other with. <laughs> they're 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 purifying whip. <laughs> they're purifying whip. Their friendship <laughs> so whip. Weird. <laughs> anyway so did baltimore kill all those high vampires it's a good question i assume so yeah yeah because i mean the ones, the ones that didn't blow up um you know i'm pretty sure he got stabbed or something you know right right so that's pretty cool too so that does this mean that Hagus is the only one now well, no, I assumed that there, there, that was just a particular group of those that there were more. Because didn't she say something about uh, that there are like even more higher priests at Budapest waiting oh, for them? Oh, right. At yeah. Carthage. Carthage, sorry. Yeah, not yeah. Budapest. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, th- so there will still be some, but it took out a good chunk of them. That was awesome. Yeah. 
Excellent. But I think it only really takes one takes one high priest to bring back the Oh right. So yeah. yeah. Monsters. Yeah. Dang. Well, I loved the reveal. I loved the look into the lore and finding out more about the Red King and seeing all that cool limbo stuff. And uh, yeah, I think the series just keeps getting better. And uh, awesome, Wes. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today for this episode. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Sweet. All right. And with all that being said, now Aubrey's going to say all the things. All right, guys. That was Baltimore the Infernal Train. That was a fucking fun issue I really liked that. uh that was really good uh, and i want to hear what you thought send us a hey you damn guys at book club member comics at gmail.com follow us on facebook and instagram at book club member comics and on twitter at book club members as always you can always find all of our resources on our podbean website our facebook about section and our link trees on instagram and twitter you can find the podcast wherever you get your podcast from and when you're there open it up and give us that five star review and uh if you like what you're hearing tell us tell a friend about it get him to join the book club yes do it the listener feedback theme is by paul from bagatahan thank you paul yes thank you thank you wes for joining us again and lee taking us down through the baltimore storyline oh shit wes i just see your letterhack shirt <laughs> yeah. oh so nice awesome. very cool Put it on there yeah um <laughs> uh yeah thank you wes for coming on thank you john for everything you do um thank you aubrey for being awesome thank you our theme music is by only beast our logos are from ross radke and matt strackbine next week we are going to be talking with Hope Larson and Rebecca Monk, the writers and artists of Salt Magic. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yes, yes. Very cool. We're excited to do it. So if you have any uh, anything you want to ask them, send us a question. Yes, please do. Send us some questions. Send us your feedback on Salt Magic. And yes. we'd love to talk about it with the creators next week. So so that's really exciting. We're super pumped about this. Man, Can't I wait. am super excited about this. This is going to be so much fun. I'll, I'm definitely going to send you. I want to send you guys some feedback. Yes, please nice. do. Questions. That'll be great. So send in that feedback and send in those questions and join us next week on Book Club Member Comics. Thanks for listening, Eric. Everybody. I'm John Salinas. I'm a tin soldier that likes to just go through the day over and over again. Like it's my job cutting down vampires. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Aubrey Lopez saying so much for the gates of Budapest. Yeah. <laughs> good. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs>